0: Hey there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like it does every week, Benjamin Little.
1: Yes, good to be here, thank you. Uh, we're
0: going to play some great songs on this show. We're gonna speak to, we always speak to some amazing figures in the sporting world. And uh, this one, this one's a pretty special one. He's got some history about it. Let me tell you a bit about our special guest. Tell us. He was the head chaplain for the Brisbane Broncos for over 20 years. Oof. Um, he was also a Salvation Army officer, was a chaplain... For the Australian Paralympics team in the 2020 Tokyo Paralympics, oh. and he's a founder of God's Sport Arena, a foundation which uses a vehicle of sport to share the love of Jesus to people with little or no knowledge of God. I'm so excited to have him on this program tonight, Benny, our guest on the spirit of short, on the spirit of sport.
1: <laughs> it's is, gonna be a short, yeah, yeah short spirit episode. of sport.
0: He's none other than sports chaplain Bill Hunter. Billy, thanks for joining us.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Woo! Oh, thanks for
0: the big welcome there,
2: Jim. Oh, <laughs> mate. Gee, what,
0: what, a, a, what a what an impressive resume, mate. That's uh, you've been around a while. How, how did you get into it? How did how did you, as a Christian, as a you know someone with faith, uh, how did you get involved in sport? What's the steps like for you back then, over twenty years ago? Well, I just just love sport. I wanted to
2: be the Play cricket for Australia, and Sunday sport ruined me. And I couldn't play cricket for Australia because I couldn't play yep. on Sunday. All that sort of stuff back up the day. And then I thought, well, I'll stuff it. I want to be good at sports. So I started doing long distance running. I became really good at it. So I just got into this. A sporting career and become a really good runner. I ran at Paralympics with uh, blind guys at Paralympics in Sydney in 2000, world champs in France in 2002 as a guide run. Perfect. You know, so after your athletic career, doing stuff like that, I just love people. I love sport, love God. So why don't you combine the whole lot? You know what I mean? And I worked with Wayne Bennett for a long time at the police academy. back in Ah, the day right.
0: Police. Yeah, yeah.
2: And so, so when the Broncos lost their chaplain in 1997... Sports Chaplaincy Australia, who I'm trained with, they rang Wayne and said, hey, you lost your chaplain. Uh, we've got a guy named Billy Hunter who's trained up, ready to go. And Wayne said, well, no, Bill. So no problem. So he took me on. So I did 20 years at the Bronx and just just loved it, you know. It was a awesome opportunity to help guys on their journey of life, help the guys who actually had faith, you know, like fellows like Brad Thorne and that struggled in that sort of very unchristian environment. So yeah. to be able to help those sort of guys, like, Help, help their spouses, help staff. There's just a, a multitude of people you can actually have some sort
1: of influence on. So yeah, just love it, mate. I mean, twenty twenty years of being in that role, um, you would have experienced, you know, so much, and we could we could ask you so many things. Um, but to get us started, from being in that role for that amount of time and helping so many yep. um, so many different people, like there would have been a bit of turnover as well. Um, how did you Absolutely. see? How did you see your role in the club?
2: I saw my role as the lowest of the lowest, as a servant. That's what my attitude was. Yeah, I didn't want to be anyone who looked to be important or anything like that. But I just wanted to get in there and do what I could and make a difference. Mm. And sometimes that might be, uh, you know, taking water out or doing you know, doing the menial tasks, but just just trying to help and just trying to do things. And as you know, at, a, at a, an elite level, most jobs are already taken, so it's really hard to get in there and get a bit of credibility. That's when my running came in really handy, you know. Like, yeah. The first couple of years were a bit tough just getting credibility. So if I, in pre-season, the Broncos used to go out to what was called the Gap. It was a... Run over oh yeah, I've heard m- the stories, mongrel.
0: I've the heard guy, the stories.
2: The guys hated it, but yep. I went out there and ran with them encouraged them and showed them how to run basically. Yeah. But it, but it gave them credibility and then they started to say, oh, bro, this guys he's, he's the real deal, he's a good athlete and he, he's got a genuine interest, so that, that was great. Mm.
0: Billy, I had a question for you. Who used to win the runs yep. out of you and Wayne?
2: Ashway, that was a <laughs> crazy question, yeah. No competition, buddy. Because oh, <laughs> he, he's the jump he, in he as well, went he? Right. he? went all right, the boy. He yeah. went all right. Yeah. He uh, went pretty good, But, but yeah,
1: no, you had him cover well, truly. Mate, with your um, servant approach to, to the club and and the, the yep. staff and the people, um, how did you find um, people responded to that?
2: Uh, they probably responded by saying, yep, he's the lowest of the league. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll take what I can people, get. <laughs> but some people just thought, oh, yeah, he's just a chaplain who cares sort of thing. But yeah. it's, it's interesting, like, you know, and I don't want to tell tales out of school, but there's a couple of staff there that just didn't treat me very nicely and just, yeah. they, they must have saw me as, who is this god-botherer Wally Head who's in the you know the club? Do what you do. Why, why is he here sort of thing and give me a hard time. And then, you know, in 2006, we had a tragedy in the club. Mm. One of our young guys committed suicide. And, you know, the club, these guys that given me a hard time are ring me up saying, Billy, we need you, mate. We need your help. We need you to comfort us, comfort the club. And so we did a big funeral next to Suncorp Stadium. There's a beautiful Anglican church there. Oh,
1: and, yeah, you know, yeah. after, the, after,
2: that, after that, you know, I, I'm their best buddy and they're, they're loving me and they're talking me up. And it's just yeah. amazing when... Some tragedy strikes, and they go, "Oh, you know what? Now I know why well, we've got a chaplain." You know, mm-hmm. um, so and even having, I left the police um, back in two thousand and one, and I started the first aid training business. And even the club now uses me for all their CPR first aid training. So, and that, mm-hmm. that gives you credibility again because they go, "Oh, this guy's—he's great. He does all this stuff for us." So. I think it, I think the servant role's great, but sometimes he, they can take advantage of that and say, well, he just doesn't do anything or whatever, what what's you do? But I think when you do have some opportunities, you, you grab those opportunities and take them.
0: Yeah, I I'll, I'll look back at my career as well, and a lot of the best opportunities I had to talk to people about faith and their journey was when, you know, tragedy hit or, you know, they're injured or they've got they been dropped, yep. they're, off, they're off contract. Um when Things yep. are going well and flying, yeah. It, you feel like faith is the last thing on people's minds in that environment, but yep. there's definitely a need yep. there because it's a athletes are very vulnerable and very um, they, they go through a very emotional roller coaster um, during their career, so that is there's that, there's that want and need for um, wanting what people have that comfort that people have that have that faith. Mm. Um, and it's funny, it you, you know, your story. It. I don't know if you know George Danzi, but the Eels Chaplain, he. Yeah. Very Break similar up. journey. Very similar in the fact that he he was just there. He didn't like he he didn't ask for favors. Wasn't trying to bother anyone. Just helped. You know, yeah. it was, it helped help the water bottles and ca- help the converters catch the balls and throw them back to them. And uh, and then when time yeah. came that you know the the old chap and retire, me and Jared Hank couldn't get Georgie there quick enough. We just thought you know this is the perfect guy. Mm. But that servant, that yeah. servant heart, and even leadership. Like you know, I think that's something that was always found upon in the old school way of doing things, but as a leader, I think servant leadership is really powerful. And you get taught that in church, but the old, the old macho man is, you know, you know, I'll tell you what to do and, you know, you're hazing young kids coming through. But I think now people are starting to appreciate servant leadership. What's your, um, what are your thoughts on servant leadership? Have you seen that in action? Oh yeah, I have seen it in action within
2: my church environment. And I, I just love that sort of, that sort of leadership. Even, um, because I teach first time, I see principals come in and do my CPR course, get on the floor and start pumping. I'm going, that's servant leadership. They, they, they you know, they, they'll do everything else that everyone else does as well, and they're not mm-hmm. going to put themselves above. Oh, I don't need to do that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I love that servant leadership style. But you know, talking about opportunities, like even I got to do guys like Darren Lockyer and Sammy style, they just not like, all their weddings.
0: Oh, nice. And just an
2: yeah. opportunity, opportunity just to sow into those guys' lives on spiritual faith matters where they don't normally talk about that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, doing their, doing their kids' christenings and just wonderful opportunities to, to sow into these guys' lives that are completely different to the run-of-the-mill person in the community. So, yeah, I just, just love that. And the servant leadership is just, if you can if you can nail it, it's, it's very, very powerful.
1: Is there any um, standout? Uh, biblical references or biblical stories that um were were paramount to you in kind of formulating that that uh servant leadership approach i well one
2: corinthians nine twenty four, the race of life i just always based my life on that the race of life we're running a marathon um i don't know if it leads you to servant leadership but uh, yeah i just there's a whole host of passages that I just love uh, yeah. that just have helped me through. Um, even the Lord Shepherd, you know, the, the Psalm 23 about, you know, when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, God will be there. He's promised to be there with us mm, yeah. no matter what happens. And sometimes at a club like that, you, you feel a bit hopeless and a bit, you know, what, what am I doing here? I don't feel like I'm needed, blah, blah, blah. So... Yeah, it, sometimes you just got to humble yourself as well, and say, "No, no, I'm in the right place. I just got to hang in there, and the opportunities
0: will come." Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned Thorny before. I actually bumped into him at a cafe last week in Brisbane, and he's he's still fit enough to play right now. He, he looks good. I know. I know. He's good. Uh, we catch
2: up a fair bit. Yeah. What we, was well, well, so he like to work catch, with? Pretty, pretty good mate. Oh, well, he was a fairly new Christian when I started there in 1998. And I, I, we actually appreciated each other because we we're able to help each other. Like he helped me in my role, and I was able to help him in, in his new spiritual walk sort of thing. So, and then we we sort of become pretty good mates ever since. And so we catch up. He comes to speaks at our church, uh, all sorts of catch up. So we just go and have coffee, catch up with his family. Yeah. So he was he was really really good and. Yeah, he just supported my uh, chaplaincy so much, and just uh, encouraged me so much. So
0: he, he was fantastic, and what a what a great Christian gentleman Brad Thorn is. Yeah, and it's so good to see the career he had, and as a young player coming oh. through, I used to look up to him and think. Yeah. And same with Jason Stevens. There was a few guys in that era that really, yep. really yep. were yep. Um, you know pioneers in, in the Christian faith in terms of the in professional sport, and were the first ones to speak up yep. and be vocal and, and not ashamed and. That really broke the eyes for a lot of yeah. Christians and 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 all faith coming through after that because it wasn't as you you mentioned it earlier it wasn't taboo but it was always that you know you know what's what's that going to do with sport and you know why do you have to bring that up but yeah um, I'm I'm, I'm yeah, glad to see right. how far that's come uh, yeah. yeah absolutely so you look back at twenty years of the Broncos is there like a highlight or was it what's something that you look back on fondly and you know you're really happy to experience.
2: I talk myself up. <laughs> Go for it, mate. This
0: is your this is your floor. <laughs>
2: Go for it. I I've done quite, I reckon I've done nearly probably close to forty weddings. Quite a few football footballers.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I reckon
2: I nailed. I reckon I nailed the Darren Lockyer wedding.
0: Oh, really? So it's
2: just a, yeah. it's just a. I had a guy, a friend of mine, who was just the most awesome singer. Yeah. And I, lied, I said to Lockyer, mate, we've got to get this singer, mate. He'll make the wedding. So I had this singer, and him and I. And we just, you know, you know, at the end of it, you just go, "We nailed that." That's, yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah.
0: That's and like so me betting after every show. It. Yeah, we feel that often.
2: <laughs> so we, we, we just felt um, so, so good about it, but uh, I think the highlight really is is helping when the club's at its lowest. I, I know the funeral and all that; it's a really sad time, but it's a highlight because it just was so. Uh, I it, you know, and I, even Wayne Bennett pulled me aside with some staff at the end of it and said, "Billy, that was great." He said, "But give us your invoice." And I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Tell, just tell us how much you want." And I said, "No, no, no, no. no. That's my role within the club is to do that. I don't get paid to do that. I, I just love helping and want to do that." So, mm. yeah, that's, yeah there's, there's obviously a lot of other highlights. Just even running and training with the guys is a, is a highlight because you're able to get credibility just hang in there and help them out and that sort of stuff. And I think another highlight would be helping uh, their spouses and that, that quite often get overlooked. Mm, yeah. And they have a lot of drama and trouble too, so there's been a lot of opportunities there where they've called me and said, can you come and help me? And I've been able to catch up with them and sort of help them through a few issues. So, and, and staff as well, not just players, but just that overall helping of, of people, which is, there's too many highlights really to go through, really.
1: Yeah. A couple of standout um, attributes from your career have been consistency and longevity. What, um, what, what do you think, what's some of your, your, um, your, your keys to being so consistent and staying in there for so long?
2: I love that question because most of my life I've lived by what I call the three P's.
1: Three P's. Patience. Yep.
2: Three P's, mate. Patience, perseverance and prayer.
1: Nice. That's good.
2: Patient, perseverance, and prayer. And if I've ever struggled or something's going up, I just say, no, 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 be patient, persevere, hang in there and just keep praying and, and things will happen. So that's the three Ps. I always come back to that. If I drop one of them, I'm not going too good. Yeah,
1: that's true. I love that. It's good. The I, three P's. It's funny we're having this convo because I actually live by the five P's. Oh, yeah. You've upped him by two. Yeah, nah, so, oh, no. So I'm not saying it's better, but there's more. What else have so, you got? Uh, yeah. Preparation prevents piss poor performance. Yeah. yeah. And I just. I've, I've,
2: used, that, I've used that one before.
1: Yeah. Oh, there you go.
0: It's, it's a competition.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, now, nah, nah, um, it's funny because Timmy actually lives by the seven Piece. Oh, no, it's seven P's. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've actually, actually got the 23 P's, guys, so beat that. <laughs> uh, he, doesn't, uh, mate, he doesn't have one P,
1: this guy. Uh, no, nah, he's got nothing, need to
2: remember. Yeah. Need three.
0: Now, three. Now, while we're on the mission of pumping you up, 2018, uh, Sports Chaplaincy Australia awards you with compassion in sport in your, for recognition and your contribution in the community. How does that feel? Like... It's a very thankless job, your job. It's it's an incredibly important job, um, but can be very yep. thankless. How, how did you feel to be recognised for your role in that?
2: Oh, mate, that was humbling. I, I, like I said, there's so many days you just didn't feel appreciated, and then when you got recognised, I thought, I, I don't deserve that. <laughs> Someone else should deserve that one, but you know, I think you just got to humble yourself and say, yeah, that was beautiful. So that was, that was moving. I loved it. That was... Um, Really well, well appreciated, and just made me realize that, yeah, it can make a difference, even though... And, and like you said, if you just hang in there for long enough and you're consistent for long enough, you can actually make a difference. I reckon the first four or five years of the Bronx, I didn't make much of a difference. Yeah. Because it, it was more the, the hanging in there and people then going, you know what, Bill's a real deal. He's actually there to really help us, and, yeah, it, it just changed the whole dynamics. And, yeah, no, I blew me away.
0: Yeah, it's it's such like I said, it's such an important role. People don't realize. I know, like George Danzi, won, he won our club person of the year one year as well. Because people, as thankless as it is, people realize how how grateful they are to have someone in the in the club that can do what you guys do. It's it's a it's a gift. People think what you guys do, anyone can do it. It's actually not easy for anyone to be able to do it. It's it's a it's it's hard. Yeah, yeah, and you got to be patient, and it's a gift, and it's. Understanding the right time to speak and when to be there for people, and um, you know, I genuinely yeah. believe chaplains have an incredible gift. The way that God's blessed them to deal with athletes. Um, there's a lot You're of athletes. Right, You're right, yeah,
2: yeah it, it is. It is hard because, like in 2006, when I had to do that funeral, that was one of the toughest things I had to do. So I, I knew, the, I knew Joe quite pretty well, but but getting up in front of you know tr- over 300 footballers and families and. State of Origin was on at the time, and State of Origin I never let out of camp at that particular time. Most of Queensland Origin's team came, in, and I knew Joe because he was Cowboys and Broncos. So that was that was tough to do that for open casket the whole lot, mate. There's some there's some things in there that are really hard, Tim. You're, yeah, absolutely spot on.
0: And mate, there's a lot of guys as well that don't have faith. You you would have worked with like the majority of players, um, you know, don't. Yep don't have any particular faith and agnostic, but how do you find they respond to you in, in that environment?
2: Honestly, 99% of them respond really positively, really well. Uh, those who don't want to talk, that's okay. If you don't want to talk about faith, that's okay. But most people treated me pretty decently. I, I reckon in 20 years I only had one player that probably didn't treat me very nicely, and that's okay. Uh, but, you know, people like... Tony Carroll, remember Tanza? Tanza,
0: yeah. People said I used to look like him. I got the same jaw. <laughs> he, was, he was a
2: tough man. I was not as tough as him. I was not as tough as
0: him, but just had the same jaw. <laughs> oh
2: mate, he was tough, but it was funny. Like he'd come into the club and he'd call me Satan. Like it was a bit of a joke. It's a bit of a joke. I, I, Satan's here, and, and like Justin Hodges would stick up for me and say, mate. You're way more like Satan than Billy is. You got more set, and they just get in this big faith conversation. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, right. so um, a lot of things like that just initiated com- faith conversations. So, no, nah, in that respect, I think the players are pretty darn good in, in respecting me for for my role and what I stood for. Even if they didn't believe, or they didn't want to believe, they still respected me for who I was. So that was, that was great. Yeah,
1: mate. With some clubs. There's a real value for sports chaplaincy, and then others, there's just, you know, there's not value at all. seems like uh, Wayne and um, whoever was in leadership of the club at the time really valued it. Um, What's the difference there? Why why do you think they value it? Why do you think some people don't? I think some people see you as a bit of the
2: god-botherer, and I don't want them influencing my guys and that sort of jesus crazy stuff you know i, I think right. that's what they think but they don't they don't get if they don't know you then they you know they've got to get to know you before they actually know actually you're not doing that you're actually just there to help and particularly help some of those guys that were fairly spiritual like mm. I, I know there was one stage there we did i ran a bible study for a couple of years there for some of the players particularly some of the islanders and that and They were getting a lot of benefit out of that. And I think even the coach went, you know what, those guys are doing that and they're they're bettering themselves off the field. And as you know, the better person off the field, the better you're going to play footy or sport. So it's it's disappointing when some, I think, coaches don't just understand what your actual role is. Mm. And if you get an opportunity to explain to the coaches, I think it makes a difference. And, And that doesn't always, it's not always the case.
0: Yeah, coaches are a funny beast, I think. Like, um, you know, I've, I've played under yep. a, a whole bunch of different coaches and they've all got different styles and different um, ways of doing things. But uh, some of them see anything external from what they can control as a threat. And if they, if yep. they don't understand it, and can't control it, then they don't want it around. And I find that, you know, incredibly small-minded because, you know, as a coach, yep. you should be looking for strengths that you don't have. So if... If having a chaplain is going yeah. to help my players play to the best of their ability, then sure, let's get it. If having a nutritionist or having a, a sprint coach yeah. or you know, like everyone, if, I'm not a specialist in everything. So I'll yeah. be able to have people around me that can help tap into whatever yeah. it is that gets the best out of my players. And I think the spiritual, but also you know, the mental aspect of sport is such an untapped area that is going to grow so much in the next five or 10 years. Because the gap between yeah. your best athletes and your best teams and the worst athletes and the worst teams is tiny. But its ability that the yeah, best teams yeah. have to perform under pressure and get the job done is that's a lot of that's mental and you know if if having a spiritual faith is going to help you be able to tap into something whether it's during a game or during the week in preparation yeah that's an advantage that like, people should be looking for so I think it's an area that will grow um, do you think it's getting yeah, you right. know in your experience in sports chaplaincy is it getting more embraced or less embraced?
2: I think in in some areas it's getting more embraced. I know within Sports Chaplaincy Australia, they're getting lots of requests for chaplains, yes, in, in top elite sport, but a lot of sport underneath that elite level. So a lot of your club levels at different cities and towns, they're getting heaps of requests for chaplains because they're actually finding out some of the benefits of some of the chaplains at different clubs around the place. So I believe it's getting embraced more uh, and I think that's a great thing. And exactly what you
1: said, Tim, I agree 100%. When approaching a club that doesn't have uh, a, a chaplain um, and they haven't had one up to this point, what do you think the, is the best way in, in, in approaching that?
2: I just... Well, he basically you need a one-on-one meeting with the coach or at least a couple of people just to, to sell it, the idea and say this is some of the things we can do. Yeah, you know, We can uh, help mentor, we can help uh, people through grief, funerals, weddings, you know, a whole host of different range of different things that we can help. So it, you just need a listening ear really to be able to convince them or you know, tell them what it's all about and if at the end of that they don't want to do it, then it's fine. But I think if you have an opportunity to say exactly what we do, we don't Come in there and we don't Bible bash and we don't get in there and smash people with you know Jesus we are just there for people we want to help them and we just want to be a presence basically mm. and that's I think
0: you can sell it that way yeah I think plays are getting a bit more comfortable with their faith and you, know, you see a lot more playing on the field but speaking about it yes. publicly yes. um and yeah you know, I know if, you know we won't go into too much detail but the manly boys largely got a bit of flack for the you know their stance on the on the pride round yeah yeah. You know, I really hope, regardless of what people think of the actual occasion, I really hope players don't uh, shy away from their faith. And the problem is, you know, yeah. people see people say talk about their faith and get hammered and 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 like absolutely nails for it. And all of a sudden, it it really scares everyone else that's seeing that, seeing that reaction. All of a sudden, yeah. then they kind of go into their shell and they go back to being that you know bland, answered, you know, straight bat. No, yeah. no talk yeah. about my personal life. Um, and I hope, I hope yeah. that, you know, players don't go back into their shell, but it's, it's really good to see players more vocal and more positive about it. Um, mate, I, I'm envious. You know, you're part of, obviously, premiership-winning teams, which is amazing, but you've also uh, tapped into uh, a bit of a Paralympic team in Tokyo, which would have been amazing. What was that like?
2: Oh man, it was it was amazing, and it was um, at the same time it was uh, frustrating because it was all COVID. Oh, yeah. So everything we did was sort of COVID related. So it was all masks. It was all you can't go to venues. You can't do this. But they sort of loosened up a bit after a, a, a few, few days, and we got plenty of opportunity to go to events and that sort of stuff. But I just had an absolute ball at the Paralympics. I, I could competed at Paralympics as a guide runner, I already had a bit of a good insight into what to expect, what it was like.
0: Amazing, yeah.
2: They're, they're not just amazing athletes, they're just amazing people, hmm. inspirational and and they just left you and, and just once again, getting in there and doing the servant role and because of COVID, we had, we basically insulated ourselves, which is actually a good thing for me because I got to get, get known fairly well because I'd sweep the floor, vacuum the floor, I'd serve meals i would empty the bin. i would do anything it would take to help this team mm. and i even got one particular role where i got asked to manage a team of um conflict and i managed that team throughout the whole uh, competition without conflict and just little things like that that probably don't seem that big to people but it was just awesome to be able to help people and uh, mentor them, and then there's a couple with faith that wanted to catch up and pray and that sort of stuff. I just, it was, it blew me away because, you know, as I get older, I think, what, 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 what am I thinking? What, what, what am I going to do in my life? And then God just blows me away with these opportunities. Like, oh, what, why do I worry about it? God's just going to give me opportunities, you know, hand over fist. So, it was an awesome time. Uh, by the way, Tim, have you noticed since 2017 I left the Broncos? How have they gone?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been okay. downhill, mate. Honestly,
2: no, there's no coincidence, mate. Come on. No, my,
0: man, I'm with you. I'm with
2: you. Hey, um,
0: is there? about? Is is? Are you still in contact with Wayne? Is the Dolphins an option, or is that no, off the table?
2: No, no, no. I'm I'm literally done. I'm going to stay with the Paralympics if that if that opportunity arises again for Paris next year.
1: Yeah, And I, I live up the sunny
2: coast now, so I, I run a, a chur- I run a couple of churches, actually, for recovering addicts and that. So I'm pretty, with my business and family and the churches and keep it fit and all that sort of stuff, I uh, don't think I need to go to the Dolphins. I'm a Bronco, mate. I'm not going to the Dolphins. Oh, you, sound, you sound very
0: energetic for someone. Yeah, you're, you're too young to be hanging up the boots, but you sound like you've still got a lot going
2: I'm on. 88. I'm
0: 88. I'm 88, Tim. No, <laughs> no I'm uh, No, no you sound younger than me. Uh, oh, Benny, Benny, how old are you? 41. How come we don't sound as energetic as Billy?
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> teach us, mate. I oh, know. Hey. Hey, uh, um, you... Three
2: P's, mate. Three P's. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, uh, yeah it's I'll better.
1: Give... Yeah, better approach. Yeah, it's my my, my
0: 23 P's are weighing me out. <laughs> yeah, it's more teach, positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: hey, slowly. Mate, tell us a bit about uh, the churches you got going on for the recovering um, addicts, and I'm um, oh, very mate. interested in, like, what kind of programs you you guys run, and some of the, um, you know, some of the results you've seen in transformation in people's lives.
2: So what what happened in, what is it now, 2020, 2010, I was having a milestone birthday, you'll work it out. Big, big birthday, mate, big one, right? Yeah. And at the beginning of the year I said to God, mate, I, I really don't know what's ahead, I've, I've had Fifty blessed years. It's been awesome. What's ahead, man? What, like, I don't, just give it. Give me something, Lord. Give me something. And then within a few weeks, couple of weeks, He hit me over the head and said, "You need to start your own church." I said, "What the? What mm. the heck?" He said, "Start your sports church stuff. Stuff you love." And I went, "Oh, okay." So I started this God Sports Arena Church at the Anglican church right outside, outside Suncorp Stadium with the whistle for kickoff we do half time, we swap sides after half time. It's really sporty sort of flavor. Mm. But I didn't know what it was gonna look like, but God had a plan for it to be a recovery church basically. So awesome. you know, like uh pre COVID we had, we'd have a hundred people there every week. At the moment we're back up to about sixty. But most of those sixty people there are recovery addicts. So they they're recovering from addiction to alcohol, drugs, gambling. Some have been to prison. Mm. Uh, we we are all types, mate. It doesn't matter if you're married, single, gay. It doesn't matter. We mm. just we want to embrace you, and our mantra is to love, encourage, and don't judge. So, so we don't care what you look what, what's happened. We're just yeah. going to love you, encourage you, and not judge you. Yeah. And mate, the people that come along and and find God through something as crazy as God Sports Arena. Yeah, we've got a few uh, things that we make mandatory. One is the first song has to be non-Christian, so it's a bit of a pop song. Like yeah. on Sunday night we sang um, I'm Still Standing, Elton John. Oh, okay. yeah. Good. Awesome. Good song, but hey, let's get into it. Let's sing some songs that people know. Oh, you know? How
0: does that, that song go again, Bill?
2: I'm still yeah, I was waiting for it. <laughs> Come on, mate, uh, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a singer, I'm not a, I'm not a singer, but that's alright, And then um, we we always do an encouragement sharing time where you've got to encourage people and and share and that sort of stuff. And then uh, we always have a speaker who normally. A different speaker every week, normally I interview them, and they normally have a good story to tell. I mean, we've all got stories. But yeah, I like, I'll have Brad Corn. I, he was a pretty bad boy once upon a time, so he's got a great story. Uh, we have a, people are recovering from uh, maybe uh, amputated legs out of some sort of disease. Uh, could be recovering from drugs, alcohol, just inspirational stories, and just try to encourage people that, you know, you can get through it, you can find Jesus, you can have a new life. And, it yeah, it just blows me away that um, I didn't really do anything. God just kicked me over the head and started this sports church, and it took off. And then mm. because I live up the sunny coast on the beautiful King's Beach of Clounder, I decided to start another one up the coast. So I run one up the coast. First and third Sundays of the month, and Brisbane runs every week. And I bring a few, few of the guys down. The the ones I'm not doing on Sunny Coast, and bring them down to um, Brisbane. Yeah, mm. saying I just love it. Just, and I, I just about every week I have tears in my eyes because the stories I hear, I'm just, they just they shatter me, and I'm just i just blown away by what's happened to them in their life. But then they've all of a sudden it's turned around, and now they're on this. Beautiful faith life journey, and I just go, God, you're just amazing. And just, you know, and I, I just turned up and uh, obedient, and look what happens, you know. So, mm. you know, I'm 62 now, but I, I feel like I've got energy. I feel like God's got all these plans for me, and I'm just loving it. And I'll just just do it, do your stuff, Lord. I'll just, I'm just there. I'll, I'll do it. I'll put my hand up, <laughs> you yeah. know. So, it, it, yeah, it's amazing.
0: Now, you said uh, you guys smacked across the head. Tell us about your own journey and how you came to know Jesus for yourself. Um, what was that like?
2: I was brought up in the Salvation Army. My mum and dad were pastors in the Salvation Army. So it was always me. And I just, you know, even I remember seven or eight years of age, just giving my heart to Jesus. And my dad said, come forward, give your heart. And I like, yeah, I'll do that. And so I've been a Christian all my life. Have I been perfect? Absolutely no, nowhere near it, you know. Uh, so... Yes, yeah, so the faith journey's always been there, Tim. I've always had that um, Christian belief and always wandered away and did stupid things, but you know, always, always had that faith and just tried to do the right thing and um, just had that, that that love for Jesus and, and yeah, belief in God, etc.
0: What's um? Tell us a bit more about the Salvation Army. What's what denomination does that fall under, and is it a denomination? That's... So it's the
2: Salvation Army, it's, it's a church. itself. a lot of people see it as a more of a social enterprise where they just go and help people and, and, you know, help the homeless and feed people, that sort of stuff. But William Booth, who started it in London back in the 1700s, he decided to start this church for people who were homeless and didn't have food. If we feed them and we give them some accommodation, then we can tell them about Jesus. So that's that's our aim is to, let's just help these people, whether they're recovery addicts, whether they're... Homeless, whether they're uh, domestic violence, let's help these people, and support them, let's get them in, and then then we can get them on a bit of a faith journey as well. So the Salvation Army is a church first and foremost, but you've got to help people first. Day, you you've got to. So I suppose we just want to be a practical church. You know, do something. You know, we're not just there to try and convert you. We want to help you first, and, and then then we'll give you, give you the opportunity to come on the Jesus journey with us as well.
0: I love that. And and it's a a big thing, isn't it? There's a lot of Salvation Armies around the country. I love how it's just um, became part of the the culture of of Australia. Is it overseas as well, I guess? Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty well right around the world now. Pretty well covered.
0: And do do they link much with each other or is it all separately run and and like everyone's... No, no. We
2: we try and link. We have a, a general that runs out of London and we've got... All the bosses are from the, yeah, each country meet up, and they try and you know collaborate and all that sort of stuff. So no, that's pretty well um, universal, right around the world. Yep, for sure.
0: Are you close to being called a boss? i <laughs> will <laughs> <Hey, laughs> call you, boss.
2: Leadership, mate. Oh, yeah, leadership, I love it.
0: I love it. <laughs> but mate, you know what I do?
2: One thing. One thing of interest also is I go to Papua New Guinea a fair bit.
1: Oh really? As part
2: of a role Yeah, I. I'm head coach of a marathon project. That is another thing that God disposed me your way. About eight, nine years ago, We, I Association in Australia said, why don't we support P&G by, why don't we do a marathon project and go and train up these kids over in um, P&G, Port Moresby, et cetera, and then bring them over, run the Gold Coast Marathon, but then invest into their education and their spiritual well-being and their work ethic and all that. Oh, my, what a program. So I'm over there next week, actually. So t- 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 Tomorrow week I'm over there for a couple of days just to make sure the team's on track. To come over on the gold Coast, and it's just it blows your mind what we do for them, and when we go back a year later and we just see how they've developed and now they're doing leadership stuff and they're doing education and got jobs and whereas the p and g culture is not to do jobs it's not to you know you, so it's just a brilliant program, so once again, the Lord's just blessed me with an opportunity to do that and uh, it was more a running experience and knowledge and skills, and then the, the, the spiritual side of it as well. It's just awesome.
0: Have you realised how much I love the the Broncos up in PNG? I've, I've been up, I played, oh, played there, I think three times right. now, and the Broncos are yeah. heroes over there, mate. They love them. Uh,
2: don't they? And you know, when I first went over there, I didn't know how safe it was. It's not real safe, but because I've got hundreds of friends there now, they will look after me. But it, when I first went there, I thought, what I'll do, I'll just t- carry Broncos gear with me if anyone ever. Tries to uh, you know assassinate me or whatever, <laughs> or, or rob me. I'll just say, oh, here's a Broncos outfit. See you later. Yeah, you oh, mate,
0: that'd be gold over there. That's, that's you can barter with that for anything. You probably buy a car with that. Yeah, <laughs> probably.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's
1: funny, mate. You spend so much yeah. of your time investing into others. It seems like you're a, you know a cup overflowing kind of guy. Um, what are you What are you doing to invest into yourself? And is there something you do daily to just you know, stay in that place where you can give to others?
2: Always gotta make sure you have time out, time with my family, time with myself, time with God. I do a lot of car, travel in the car so to, to work in Brisbane and back, so that's good because you get time to yourself, time to think, time to pray, whatever. Uh, I also, GSA's Guide Sports me is really a, a good part of that. really lets me unwind a bit as well. Um, like, in Coloundra at the Salvos there last night, I went along to they have a community dinner, and then a just men for it for men. We had about twenty men at like a little bit of a Bible study, but that stuff like that community dinner where you're mixing with people off the street and homeless and that, I, it just it just fills my cup all the time, you know. And mm. I'm living on the beach, so I, I try and get to the beach every day because when you get to the beach, yeah, you, your worries are gone. You know, you just. You know, it just blows your mind. And also my running and my training, and I do my gym and all that sort of stuff, clears my mind. So I'm always doing something uh, to, to help myself as well. I just invest, love investing to in others, but make sure I look after myself. Otherwise, you just burn yourself out.
0: May you say going to so the, the beach and all your worries are gone, unless... You're a Lebanese man from the inner west of Sydney <laughs> who's not the strongest swimmer. Uh. <laughs> my, wor- my worries just start when I get in, the- in the beach. have <laughs> oh, no, got
2: lifesavers, Timmy. will uh, yeah. save
0: you. <laughs> So whereabouts are you? Like, Are you in Gold Coast or up past Brisbane? Sunny Coast. King's Beach, Laundra. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Awesome.
2: Yeah. And Love what's, it. What's, light, up, we live right on the beach.
0: So if you look ahead, like the next 12 months, of so 2023, we're already two months into it, Jesus. It's, it's flown so quick. Um, mate, what's, what's the plan for this year? What's, what's your goals, dreams? What do you want to get done?
2: Mate, I'll leave that up to God. I don't really, you know, like if Paris happened next year for me, that would be great as a chaplain to the Australian Paralympic team. Yep. But this year, just do, do my, my business stuff, do my keep fit and healthy so I can invest into others. Uh, my family is always important because I've got three kids. Uh, How old? Six grandkids.
0: Oh, I have got grandkids. Uh,
2: my kids. Yeah, I've got six grandkids. So the, the oldest wow. grandkids just turned 14. Yeah, so <laughs> investing, investing into those lives. Maybe hey, yeah, you are 88. i so just my god. <laughs> 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 I, started, yeah, I started young. All right, but right. I was, well. <laughs> but just, yeah. You know, and my just, just investing in the family, just. Do what the Lord wants me to do. That's, you know, there's no real big goals yeah. and ambitions and dreams. Just let the Lord just lead me and
0: away we go. If you had some advice for a young athlete now, so obviously someone who's seen a lot, been through a lot, um, and understand the sporting world, what would your advice be to young athletes listening to this show and, and how can you encourage them?
2: Three Ps. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's good.
2: Start, start with that, get a, get a really good mentor. You get someone like, like even yourself, Timmy, someone who's been there, done that at the elite level, who's got a a lot of credibility, been a, a top elite athlete, but also got that strong Christian faith and is solid, you know, so I think that really helps and I look at my life and I think of all the mentors I had in my life and I go, man, I've had some great guys that have just shown me the way and led me and just helped me out, so and don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, us guys are pretty ordinary at that.
0: You yeah, just need
2: to right. reach out and say, "Hey, mate, I do. I do need you to help me. I need you to mentor me, whatever." And yeah. um, you just got to get a relationship with those people you can trust, and that. So, I think, yeah, I think that's important. I, I, honestly, the three Ps—you can't go wrong.
0: Yeah, Stick that's, that's by great. that. I like that. That's really good. Get, it's a, get a good
2: mentor. Get a good mentor, and away you go.
0: Yeah, mate. Well, I mentioned the opener as well, the show, but. So you're the founder of Guide Sports Arena. Can you tell the listeners a bit about what that is, and if there's anything they can do to get involved or help out, or um, you know what what the the cause is?
2: Well, if you live in Brisbane or Sunny Coast, particularly Brisbane, I would love you just to come along and help us because you know, as I said on Sunday night, we had 60 people there. I reckon 50 of them are recovering addicts. Yep. Well, the other 10 of 10 of us, we can't mentor 50 people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I need I need people like you guys to if you're in Brisbane to come along and go okay this guy here needs help or this girl needs help um, you know, get a get a relationship with some of our people because I, I can't help them all I can help a few but so that's one thing we probably do like is just helping these people who are just had a hard life whether they had a bad upbringing or they got bad advice or made bad decisions got involved in drugs alcohol whatever. Uh, we can help these people just by getting alongside them and mentor them, and that's what they're, that's what they're looking for. They need, they want help. They want people to help them. They want, they want a, a faith, a Christian faith. They want a Jesus that can help them as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook. God Sports Arena plus Bill Hunter on my Facebook. I put everything up there every week about what's happening, who's speaking, what's happening, when it is, where at. Uh, and in the Sunny Coast, we do the first and third Sundays of the month as well. So, yeah, if you, anyone can come along and help, it'd be fantastic. You pray for us as well, mm-hmm. because most of our people obviously need a lot of prayer as well. So God's Sport
0: Arena, for those listening, God's Sport Arena. God Look them God up Arena. on Facebook. You said it's the best place to find you guys?
2: Probably God's Sports Arena on Facebook would be easy, or even under my name, Bill Hunter. I'm a lot of Bill Hunters, but yeah.
0: Billy Hunter, yeah. Benny, God's Sport Arena. What's... What's the best thing you've got out of listening to this today?
1: Um, like taking care of yourself, yeah. The investment into yourself so you can invest into others. I really like that. Like to hear what you're doing individually. It's cool.
0: Yeah, I feel like also, yeah. Bill. You know, if your cup's full and your your walk with God is strong, it's so much easier to share that with yeah. others. Um, whereas if you're not looking after yeah. yourself yeah. And, you're, and you're neglecting your walk, it's so much harder to speak about your faith and to talk about why you believe what you believe because you're not you're not actually living and breathing it.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Love it. Well, Billy, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, mate. It's it's a lo- I have so much respect and awe for people that have been um, in the sports arena in your in your shoes, but doing it before before it was fashionable. You know, like I think now, you know, every club's got its chaplain, and it, it's almost like a, a normal yeah. thing. But you guys were there when, like you said it earlier in the show. It was, not not frowned upon, but it, it was it was new, and, and people, some people might have been uncomfortable with it. But you guys broke down those barriers, and because of that, there's a generation yeah. now of athletes that can enjoy the fruits of of being comfortable in their faith in the sports arena. And uh, there's there's a whole generation of kids, myself included, that are grateful for the people like you, the pioneers like yourself. You know, we talked about the Brad Thorns and the Jason Stevens of the world. Uh, so grateful yeah. for your faith, grateful for your stance, and. Mate, we look. We wish you all the luck in um, the upcoming year ahead, and uh, we're so grateful for your yep. time, mate. Thank you very much, Billy. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Ben.
2: Love you guys. Well done. Jeez, Love mate. you, mate.
0: Cheers. Have a good one. Talk soon.
2: to the Broncos. <laughs>